0: Any idea how we could get more media coverage? It's a sore point with us. When those old American revolutionists wrote the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, it never occurred to them that freedom of speech and press and assembly would one day become meaningless. In those days, you got up in the village square or the town meeting and stated your beliefs. If your program had merit, it was probably accepted. Starting a newspaper was in the range of almost any individual or Certainly of any small group, but today? Unless you can get on tri die, you simply aren't heard. Freedom of the press is fine, sure. You're perfectly free to get out a little magazine and circulate it as best you can. But who reads it? A few hundred people, most of whom already have the same beliefs you do. Freedom of speech is meaningless if all you can do is stand on the beach and shout your message to the wind. Forrest Brown thought about it, squinting through curls of smoke. He said finally, You've got to have enough money to buy try-die time. But above all, you've got to be newsworthy. You've got to have something that makes people want to listen to you, watch you. Great, Roy said sarcastically. And how do I accomplish that? The newsman, half-joking, said, Start a religion, become a try-die star, take out a death-wish policy. The wobbly organizer scowled at him. What for? You'd have the credits to buy try die time. Deathwishers are news. Everybody'd be in a tizzy wondering how long it'd be before you got hit. There'd be standing room only at your hall lectures. You'd be out in the open, and they'd come in hopes that they'd be there when the Graffs boys or whoever got to you. Something like in the old days in Spain and Latin America, where they'd pony up for bullfight tickets in hopes they'd see the Matador gored to death. What the hell are you talking about? Roy said. What's a death wish policy? Forey grunted and dialed another two whiskeys before lighting a new smoke off the old. Oh, he said. Just a... Uh, jargon term we use in the news game? You've probably never heard of it. You have your life insured in return for having an international drawing account for a million pseudodollor credits continually at your disposal. For as long as you live. Never heard of Oh, wait a minute, I guess I did. Something in the news about six months ago. Somebody was blown up with a grenade or something. His life had been insured for something like five million pseudodollars only five days before. I forget the details. I don't usually follow crime news. It's crime all right, Forey said, putting his thumbprint on the table's payment screen to pay for the new drinks. His credit card was still in the slot. The thing is, so far, the law hasn't been able to get at them. It's too complicated. Most of the insured are Americans, but you never sign the policy with an American company. The outfit that's going to collect the benefits is usually based in the Bahamas, or Malta, or Tangier, or somewhere else where practically anything goes. They shop out the deal to Lloyds of London, where they'll insure anything. Dancers' legs, a violinists' fingers. Oh. They'll insure an outdoor entertainment against loss due to rain. So you've got four countries involved. The insured is usually a citizen of the States. The beneficiary is in the Bahamas or wherever. Lloyd's of London is in England. And your credits come from Switzerland. For that matter, you might say five different countries are involved, since it's said that the Graf has his headquarters in Liechtenstein. Now wait a minute. Roy Koss said, taking up his new drink and swallowing part of it. For the first time in years, he felt the itch of intrigue. Start at the beginning. Forey shrugged thin shoulders. You sign a contract that grants you what amounts to an unlimited credit account for as long as you live. If and when you die, the beneficiary collects the benefits. The company you've signed with pays huge daily premiums. It's a gamble, as all insurance has always been since the days when Phoenician ships set sail from Tyre to Cadiz for a cargo of tin. The insurer was gambling that the ship would get back safely, and the insuree was gambling that the ship would sink. Well, in this case, the insuree is gambling that you'll die before the premiums paid mount up to more than the benefits he'll collect when you kick off. Lloyd's is gambling the other way—that you'll live so long that the premiums accumulated are higher than the life insurance benefits. Roy looked at him blankly. But suppose you lived for years, and you have a million pseudo-dollar account to draw on to any extent you wish? Well, the company—that's the beneficiary—would go broke paying the premiums plus your expenditures. Forey Brown laughed shortly. <laughs> Don't be a dizzard. From the moment that policy goes into effect, you're on the run. Some of the insured don't live the first day out.